Some of you know that uh, this past week I celebrated another birthday. Birthdays are fun, especially in this age of social media. It's always nice to have birthday greetings from people from all parts of your life, from all kinds of places. Thank you. On my birthday this year, I decided to do something unusual. I decided to go to the 7-Eleven store in my neighborhood and buy a lottery ticket. (laughs) I actually bought several lottery tickets. This practice is not common. I've probably purchased about five lottery tickets in all my years. Guess what? I didn't win. The fine print on those lottery tickets kind of warned you about that. The winning chances are pretty slim. I knew that going in, but I did it for fun, and it was my birthday, and beside the lottery supports education, right? So as I walked home from the 7-Eleven, I was only slightly disappointed that I wasn't $70,000 richer, because that's how much I could have won in one of the games I played. Nor was I $20,000 richer because that was the other scratch card that I missed. But that was okay. Then I realized, wait a minute. I have won the lottery. I have won the lottery. It'd be nice to have a new sum of money in my bank account. That's the very sentiment, that deep longing that we have that a little more money is going to solve all our problems. That seemingly drives the whole lottery industry despite the longest odds. We all assume we'd love to have a little more jackpot. But consider this, and it's true. We have won the lottery. All of us have. Have you ever seen one of those world wealth maps? It's a map of the world with different colors, and the colors on the map correspond to wealth figures from around the globe. A large portion of the world on one map is light blue, especially Central Africa, India, Indonesia. Light blue is the designation for annual income of around $2,000. This is the fresh reminder that so many in the world live on about $2 a day. Other parts of the world on this map are green. That would be Central America and Northern and Southern Africa. And these are regions where the annual income wealth distribution moves up toward $10,000 a year. That's roughly a few hundred dollars a month. And then there's a few spots on this map that are yellow. It would be Argentina and Chile and the region around Saudi Arabia and the world's oil reserves and certain parts of Eastern Europe. And that is the designation for annual wealth, annual income around up to $50,000 a year. And then there's bright red. Bright red is the United States and Canada and Western Europe and Japan and Australia, where the wealth per capita per year is more than $50,000. It's a striking image that reminds us simply in the providence of where we were born or where we happen to live, we have won the lottery already. With a few exceptions, 
The fact that we live in this country places us in the top 10% of the world's wealth. And most of us might even be in the top 5%, if not the top 2% of the world's wealth. That, friends, is winning the lottery. Then consider this. Molly Spangler, our seminary intern, shared some of this in a recent Wednesday worship when Molly read from a popular blog. Glennon Doyle Melton writes with grace and humor about lots of things in life, and this is what Glennon says about her kitchen. You guys, I have a refrigerator. This thing magically makes food cold. I'm pretty sure in the olden days, Frontiers women had to drink diet warm Diet Coke. Sweet Jesus, thank you, kitchen. Then inside my refrigerator is food. Healthy food that so many parents would give anything to be able to feed their children. Almost 16,000 mama's babies die every day from malnutrition. Not mine, she says. When this food runs out, I'll just jump in my car and go get more. It's ludicrous, really. It's like my family hits the lottery every freaking morning. She also says this inside her kitchen. She has a water faucet. I pull this lever and clean water pours out every time, day or night. 780 million people worldwide, one in nine, lacks access to clean water. Mamas everywhere spend their entire day walking miles to and from wells just for a single bucket of this. And I have it right at my fingertips. And I'm almost embarrassed to say that we also have one of these faucets in each one of our bathrooms and we have one in our front yard where we can wash our feet or water the the lawn, holy bounty. We use drinking water for that. She also says she has a medicine cabinet and at the moment it's full of not just medicines in case someone in the family just might get sick. It's also full of vitamins to keep everyone super healthy. And then, in the kitchen, there's the coffee pot. I can't even talk about this thing. Actually, let's take a moment of reverent silence because this machine is the reason all my people are still alive. (laughs) It takes magical... It turns magical beans into a life-saving nectar of God's every morning. (laughs) And it's on a timer... And she's writing all of this to remind us how too often we all focus on what we don't have and we get discouraged about what we don't have instead of celebrating all that we have. It's always better to be filled with gratitude. In fact, gratitude, says the prominent theologian Augustine, gratitude is the most mature emotion. We are... When we are really grateful, truly grateful, it changes us, changes how we live, changes how we approach the world. When gratitude is truly our foundation, we live differently. And you and I know what that living differently in gratitude is supposed to look like. It's supposed to look like loving others, living with generosity, giving more than we're getting, serving and living as disciples. Our first lesson today comes from Romans chapter 12, and it's reminding us not to be conformed to the world. Conformed to the world would be seeking selfish gain. 
Conforming to the world would be where we long for what we don't have. As God's people, we're to be transformed, Paul says, transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can discern what is the will of God, which is about loving and serving others and trusting God for your life. Our second lesson is a verse from Deuteronomy 8, 14. A verse from the Old Testament. And here it is. Do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me give you a little background about this single verse from Deuteronomy 8. The book of Deuteronomy is basically a sermon. Actually, a series of sermons. It's the longest sermon in the whole Bible. It may be the longest sermon ever. Deuteronomy presents Moses. Moses standing before the people. The people have come a long way when we get to Deuteronomy. They had been slaves in Egypt. They had been freed by God's mighty hand from the oppressive and then the pursuing Egyptians. The people had been led through the wilderness by Moses. It was a long journey. It took 40 years to get through, and there were many challenges along the way. Moses kept the people together. Moses uh, stayed with them and guided them, and the people were on their way to God's promised land. So Deuteronomy is Moses' sermon to the people, his last words before uh, he dies, after leading them, and his last word to them uh, is this sermon, Uh, his last words because someone else is going to lead them into the promised land. So Deuteronomy is Moses' last sermon to the people. The people have been through a lot as God's people with Moses. They've been through deliverance. They've been through wanderings. They've been through confusion and doubting and fussing. They've been through wars and they've been through rebellions and much more. These people have also heard a lot especially from Moses. They've heard about the commandments. They've heard about covenant conditions, what it means to be God's people. They've heard about sacrificial procedures and how to worship and more. So Moses stands there and preaches his last sermon, urging them one last time what is most important for them as they go into the promised land. Here's what Moses preaches in Deuteronomy 8. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God. When you've eaten your fill, when you have built fine houses, when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and when your gold and your silver is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not forget the Lord your God. The Lord made water flow for you. The Lord fed you in the wilderness. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth, have gotten me this far, but remember the Lord your God. Those are the words around our verse 14 today. You've probably heard the saying, there are no atheists in foxholes. 
In the face of danger, we all want to believe in God. In the face of danger, we're all longing for God. In the face of fear, we're all looking for God. Moses' sermon is worried about the opposite. There are often few believers in fat city. When material life is abundant, this is what Moses knows, we tend to forget the source of life. When we come into the land of of promise and plenty, we fall prey to the perils of affluence. We might even get affluenza, which is probably worse than influenza because affluenza affects our souls. Affluenza makes us forget how we got there. Affluenza makes us turn inward on ourselves and think mostly about what we want or what we might have or what we should have. And all that is very, very problematic for faithful people. Instead of loving God and serving God, we turn inward in fat city. That's what Moses is warning against. So what do you do when you win the lottery? What do you do when you win the lottery? Moses warns the people not to forget who they are. People of God's covenant. Moses implores the people as they go and build, as they go and establish themselves, as they go and make a life and find purposes, don't forget the source of life. Don't forget the magnitude of God's blessings on you. Do not forget the Lord your God. Life is about recognizing your blessings and about living as a blessing by loving and serving others. I wonder if you have an iTunes account. Do you have an iTunes account? Who has an iTunes account? Look, a lot of people, a lot of us. iTunes has been around for a little more than a decade. iTunes was created by Steve Jobs, who started Apple Computers. iTunes was created in around 2003. Apple and Jobs created iTunes to provide and sell music to everyone who was buying iPods, those little music-making machines that have become so common. Today, iTunes is the largest by far music retailer in the whole world. And it's a huge division of Apple Computers, what could be described as the most successful company in the whole world. If you have an iTunes account, I hope you know what happened two weeks ago. When Apple was making a big announcement about new products, that would be the iPhone 6 and the Apple Watch, Apple, the company, got world-famous rock band U2 to perform at their celebration event. Some of you know that I like U2 a little bit. Well, Apple and U2 worked out some amazing deal to give away Give away on iTunes, U2's most recent album, Songs of Innocence. 
every person who has an iTunes account can find, will find, in their recently purchased folder, the latest and great album, Songs of Innocence, by U2. Don't look at right now, just wait. <laughs> Here's a band that could sell millions of their newest album. They're giving it away. And I checked with a number of you. Uh, Phil Holiday didn't know this, but he had it on his iPhone. This album by U2, and he says he's been enjoying it. My mother-in-law has U2's latest album on her iPad. Some people are saying they don't like this, they don't like free stuff coming into their machine. I think it is a tremendous and wonderful gesture. Look, they gave it away, free. So here you have one of the greatest rock bands in the whole history of rock music, a band that could make millions on their most recent album, and one of the biggest and wealthiest companies in the whole world doing something that goes against proper business culture and life, giving away something that they could generate millions of dollars from, providing for free something that most companies and groups would never even think about simply because the product could generate more money than most of us could even imagine. I think there's a message and a motivation for us as God's people in this. Doing the unusual, going against the normal and the expected, not being conformed to the world, but being transformed, giving life away, remembering who we are and remembering whose we are, giving life away. That's our calling. That is our calling. Again, the words of Moses, do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God. When you have eaten your fill, when you have built your houses, when your herds have multiplied, when your silver and gold have multiplied, do not forget. You're God's people. You are where you are because of God's blessings and care. Your life is to be about blessing and care. We're moving in these days into a season when we're invited to each think again about our lives and our priorities and our pledges and our checkbooks and our commitments. We're to consider all that God has given us. You and I have won the lottery. We've won the lottery. We've been given so much. It doesn't mean everything's perfect, but we have so much. What do we do when we realize we've won the lottery? Are we going to forget who provides for us? Are we going to say it came from my own hand and from my own might that I have this wealth and resources and blessings? Moses reminds us, take care that you do not forget. God brings us all through life. The Lord is our God. We seek to give life away. Not being conformed, but being transformed. That's the way to life. That's the way to joy. That's the way to discipleship. That's the way to peace. Do, do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God. If you forget, Moses says, surely you will perish. Do not forget. Rather, be generous. Find ways to be a blessing in the world. In the coming days, we're each invited to consider our lives, our pledges, 
our commitments to God's wonderful work in this church. May our blessings be so prominent in our own reflections. May our blessings so fill our hearts and lives that we are moved deeply to generosity and commitment so that we can give our lives away to the glory of God. And then we see God's reign emerging in our midst and we sense God's reign and light emerging across this city. And actually, we are participating in that coming reign of Christ our Lord. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we are so blessed. Send us forth today and always to be a powerful, transforming blessing in the world following Christ our Lord. Amen.